All right, uh, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, before I before I jump into the topic for tonight, um, first I wanted well I'll get to that when I get into the topic. First, I just wanted to ask. Um, we talked to maybe one of the last times I was teaching um, about um, me needing your help with the teens, like to reach out to them, make them feel a part of the body. Um, and between then and now, um, I had an idea that if you don't know like which teen to talk to or what to do with them, um, but you're interested in spending like maybe once a month going and doing something with one of the teens, um, just come talk to me and I will pick a teen for you um, and help you to know like kind, kind of some of the things. Most of them really like coffee. Um, a couple of them play disc golf, go fishing. I think all of them shop at some point or another in their lives. They all eat food. Um, some of them eat a lot of food. So um, if you're interested in doing something like that, um, even if you're not sure, but you think you might consider trying it, um, I think it'd be cool um, just to have more people who are spending time with our teens. Um, you don't even have to uh, lay out the entire like theological foundation of your belief to them in one meeting, but if you just want to hang out with them and... Um, share that common bond of being united in Christ, um, come let me know. Um, so if you want to go ahead and advance the slide to make my cool transition happen, let's see if it transferred over. Kind of. It was cooler on my Mac, so. But I had to, you know, make it PC-friendly. So um, first thing, so we're talking about Enoch tonight. Is my microphone okay? Am I doing something wrong? Oh, yeah. I can do it myself. Thanks. Um, it's, it's kind of fun to tell someone what to do, though. Just kidding. Um, so first thing, uh, tonight I am wearing shoes. Wanted to point that out. But um, for tonight's character, it might be more appropriate if I didn't wear shoes because I recently found out today when I was doing some research that shoes weren't invented until after Enoch was already dead. So um, people didn't wear shoes until like 1600 B.C. Um, it's not really important why I was looking up when shoes were invented, but... Um, yeah, so moving on with that, um, with all of the hidden heroes, um, like the, the beauty of this class is that there is very little that we know about them. Um, so of course, a lot of what I'm going to be talking about tonight is, um, based on the little, little bit of information we have, here's what I think might be happening, um, kind of deal. So, um, that's basically to say, if I say something that you think is, inaccurate, just tell me, and I'll be like, okay, you're probably right. Um, so, um, but kind of jumping into this, but I, I really think there's some cool um, nuance to look at in um, this, all of the, the, the little that we have about Enoch and sort of the context that we find about his life. So I'm just going to jump in by reading. Um, there's three different parts of the Bible that actually talk about Enoch, so I'm going to read you pretty much all of it. Um, and then we'll kind of talk about it a little bit. So um, the first one is in Genesis 5. I don't remember what I did with these. Nope, not there yet. Okay. Um, so Genesis 5, verses 21 through 24 says this. When Well, he's mentioned before, but all that's mentioned about him is that he was born. So we're going to skip that part. It says, When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years, 
and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Enoch walked faithfully with God, and then he was no more, because God took him away. So that's our introduction to Enoch. Um, It's pretty much the only story we have about his life. Um, But then later, we're going to jump over to Hebrews 11. Um, This is verse 5 and 6. And it says, By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as the one who pleased God, as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So here we have this, like there's this one passage that we have about Enoch and then he's mentioned in Hebrews 11 alongside all of these other people that we know a lot more about who um, we see a lot about their faith, um, which I think is pretty cool. Um, So we'll jump into, he's also mentioned in Jude, but we'll jump into that later because I think it applies to um, kind of the second idea that we're going to talk about. But um, before we kind of get to the pictures that I had up there, um, I just wanted to ask, so so Enoch... um, First of all, does anyone know how many people in the Bible are explicitly mentioned as having walked with God? You say two? Yeah, you're right. It's two. Anyone know who the other one is? Move this lower because it keeps being loud. It's uh no. But there is a similarity in that neither of them died. Is this still working or is it? It was just poppy, you know? <laughs> Um, quit, quit what? Oh, is that what it was? Okay, I'll do this and then not touch it. Okay. Um, so the other one is Noah, actually, um, who is a descendant of Enoch. Um, and we'll get into a little bit of their um, genealogy in a little bit as well. But um, with that, that phrase is kind of what we're going to focus on tonight. So, because um, that's what Enoch is known for. That's the only thing that we know that he did. Um, well, in Jude, it talks about him prophesying, but it was about the same thing. So, um, what does it mean to walk faithfully with God? What, like when you read that sentence, what, what does that say? Or what does it look like? That's the, that's the tough one, right? Yeah. Yeah, not ahead, not behind, but with them. Um, yeah, and I, I think especially like you can't walk with someone if you're always like deciding, nope, I want to go this way now, you know, because you, you have to kind of mutually agree or you have to submit to what they want to do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, being different, um, doing what God, what pleases God, even if you know the the easy path is not pleasing God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So totally trusting God. That's yeah. That's I think knowing God is faithful produces faith in people. I think. Um, yeah. Another thing. 
I was also researching when roads were invented because I thought that was pertinent. Um, and the jury's out on that one. It's like somewhere from the beginning of time to like 3,000 years ago. So, um, But walking, walking a path, I don't know why I brought that up, but walking a path that maybe isn't the same as everybody else, I guess. Um, other thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. It's yeah, walking with God. So I think is about the relationship between the two people, um, not necessarily only about the path. The path is a part of it as well. I'm like you both got to be on the same path, I guess, if you're walking with someone, but. Um, the relationship between them is that there's a unity kind of deal um, and a, a peace, I guess, between them. Any other thoughts about uh, what it means to walk faithfully with God? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I think, um, and, and what you said, like, I like what you said at the beginning of that, too, about how that's a difficult question to answer, because I, I just want to throw this out there as well. Um, answering the question of what does it look like to walk with God, I think, is a lot of what we're trying to do in our faith always, like, continually growing and understanding that. Um, so, yeah, um, we're going to move on to another couple questions but my brother also just let me know that you guys did Enoch a couple weeks ago. So it's, it's okay. It's not Jeff's fault, but it's Jeff's fault. But I, I know I'm going to have a totally different take on it probably than whoever taught before because I usually come out of left field. But that must have been when we were Pepperdine, huh? Uh, <laughs> that makes sense. Steve Martin, is he here? Yeah, we have slightly different takes on things. So if it gets boring, we can just play a game or something. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, we don't actually do that in the youth group. We do class the whole time, every time. But <laughs> um, yeah, so um, kind of moving on. Um, this, uh, do you, can you guys see these pictures? What's the, what's the main difference between these two pictures? There's a bridge in one of them. Okay. So, um, just, just by a show of hands, um, 
if you were told that you had to get from the blue arrow to the red arrow, how, so we'll call the picture on the top A and the picture on the top B. How many of you would rather take route A? Raise your hand. Yeah, the bridge. And how many of you would rather take route B? Yeah, no one? <laughs> I think that wouldn't be pretty fun too, but um, yeah, so this is um, just kind of the point about walking with God, um, especially with Enoch. I think it's important to bring this out. Um, there's this guy that I don't think I've ever even heard of, but somebody else quoted him once, and I heard him quote him. Um, the guy's name is Jason Upton, and he um, was talking about... That fell out of my pocket. Um, so he's talking about um, mountains and valleys in our lives um, and, and w- like, what humans prefer. Um, and so basically, like, obviously... The top one is a human, like man-made bridge, goes across this valley. Um, the second one is totally natural. Um, and his, the thing that he says is that God made the mountains and the valleys, and he made them for us to walk through them with him. Man-made bridges because we don't like going through the valleys. Um, so that's kind of like the first point. I really like that, um, that quote um, from him, actually. Um, just about um, kind of the way that we try to smooth out and level out life. Um, but I mean, they're both actually really beautiful, um, for different reasons, but I think like the valley, like that natural, like up and down, um, it creates a lot of beauty in life. Um, so just kind of something to hold on to first. The second, the second picture, um, set is very similar. Um, again, show of hands, how many of you would rather traverse the Legos or the nice grassy meadow? Let's say Legos. Anybody? Maria likes walking on Legos. So, the, in the grassy meadow, yeah, some of you don't want to walk in here at all, but that's okay. Um, so, the same thing. Um, like, we generally would rather take the easy path. Um, now, let's do it like this. Um, in your life, how many of you feel like your journey is more like the Legos than the grassy meadow? Only a few. How many feel like your journey is like the grassy meadow? we got to get more participation. I'm going to try again. Okay. <laughs> Everything is black and white in life, though, you know? Just kidding. Um, so more like, or so, so is it more peaceful? Like, do you feel like, so walking through the peaceful meadow, is your life more like that or more like stepping on Legos occasionally? Let's say there's half as many Legos. Does that make sense? So Legos, anybody? Okay, we're getting a few more. And the grassy meadow, a little bit. Yeah, so you probably got some Legos ahead. Just going to, yeah. Yeah, there's probably Legos in the field. <laughs> um, so I think this is another thing. I think um, oftentimes um, we prefer one thing, um, but the, the real journey is actually something a little bit different. So the, um, and, and with Enoch, we have such a little sentence with him that it, it could look like, Oh, he had just this, this really nice, easy life where he was walking around with God in a nice grassy meadow, and then he disappeared. Um, but that's where, well, I did it again, I'm sorry. Um, that's where Jude, the, the book of Jude, comes in with our verse. I have that written out somewhere. So there's only one chapter in Jude, so this is going to be verse, oh, I didn't highlight it on this one, 13, I think. 14, 
Yeah. So the book of Jude is kind of a lot about how terrible everything is. And then we get to this point where Jude talks about how Enoch prophesied um, about this. So it says in verse 14 through 16, Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about them. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all of them of all the ungodly acts they've committed in their ungodliness. And of all the defiant words, ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These people are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. Um, so um, we can take that, I think, um, Enoch's prophecy talking about all of the ungodliness um, and knowing a little bit about what we do about the context, a couple generations later, um, God sees the evil that has covered the earth and uses Enoch's descendant, um, sees that Enoch's descendant Noah is the only righteous one left and floods the whole earth and kills everybody, saves Noah through the ark. Um, so I think from, the, from understanding that timeline, it's pretty safe to say that um, Enoch was also talking about what was happening in his time. Uh, the book of Jude says it's a, a prophecy, but he's also talking about what's going on around him at the time. So Enoch was probably surrounded by ungodliness and probably struggled a lot. Um, probably didn't have the, the bridge line journey like this one. I can do the thing. That one. I just did that because I like lasers. Um, he probably didn't have the bridge line journey um, and it's pr- probably more like falling down the cliff, walking across, and then having to climb up the other side. Um, maybe. Um, also, probably was more like walking across Legos to be surrounded by um, people that only a couple generations later, although it was like a thousand years or something, um, every, everything's wiped out because of how wicked everything is. Um, so, uh, we can also get a little bit of a picture of this, I think, by looking at his genealogy, um, him and Noah, um, it's, it's really interesting if you look at kind of the last sentence of each of these paragraphs. So if you want to open up to Genesis 5 again, um, I'm just going to read the highlights of it, um, which is basically the summary of each person's life. So, altogether, Adam lived a total of 930 years, and then he died. Then in verse 8, altogether, Seth lived a total of 912 years, and then he died. 11, altogether, Enish lived a total of 905 years, and then he died. In verse 14, altogether, Kenan lived a total of 910 years, and then he died. 17, altogether, Mahalel lived a total of 895 years, and then he died. And then in verse 20, altogether, Jared lived a total of 962 years, and then he died. Verse 24, Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more, because God took him away. Verse 27, Altogether, Methuselah lived a total of 969 years, and then he died. And then verse 31, Altogether, Lamech lived a total of 777 years, and then he died. Um, And then Noah, we get to that later. But um, And I forgot to say, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. So there's two contrasts, I think, in there. There's a bunch of similarity, and then there's two contrasts with Enoch. Anybody pick up on either of those two things? Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't live, well, yeah, so he doesn't live very long. That's the first kind of difference. 
um, 365 years compared to everybody else living somewhere around 900 years. Um, and the second one, I think we, we kind of have already talked about, but everybody else just says that, yeah, so Enix is, he walked faithfully with God and then he was no more. Everybody else is just, they lived this amount of time and then they died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, the the big difference is, yeah, I can see that for sure. Enoch walked faithfully with God after he became the father of Methuselah. A lot of them, like the rest of them are saying, after his, their kid was born, they lived this many years. And so, and, and that's another thing that's added with Enoch is he walked faithfully with God. So, um, could be. Um, so those two, those two first ones though, um, first of all, I think it's interesting that everybody else is living 900 and something years, um, or, or somewhere around there. And Enoch lives 365. Does that, does that seem interesting? Like, um, I mean, Obviously, like I said at the beginning, there's no way to know any of this stuff, but I, I kind of wonder if God was being merciful to Enoch in, in that, like, I mean, how many of us, um, even in, in a week of seeing all the evil that goes on in the world, are just like, man, God, you need to come back and fix this, you know? Yeah. 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 Probably wrong, but the, the first thing it hit me is it's as though God has been warning mankind that we learn and do. He's been warning and warning and warning of this wickedness that's going off. And so many times in the old in the Old Testament where this is what's happening, God will say, Okay, I'm giving you my warning, I'm withdrawing my word from you. I'm reading a whole lot into it right there. But uh, next thing you, you find a few generations later is the Noah account. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, Elijah has a, a, a similar thing of not dying. Um, but I think, yeah, being the first prophet and like seeing, I wonder if that has something to do with him not having to die because God, God is like, you know, you see what's going on around you um, and so I'm going to spare you <laughs> this one thing. Um, also, though, um, just a side note, I think it's interesting um, I think our definition maybe of what it is to, to live a blessed life, you know, like sometimes we consider that, yeah, he lived a long, full life. Um, this guy lived a third of the time that everybody else lived, but he's the only one that, said, that says it, that he had favor with God. Um, so not to say that people who, who live a long time um, aren't in that, but I wonder if, if we sometimes mistake living a long time with being blessed. Um, and we do that with all kinds of things. We just went through the Beatitudes with the youth group, and the first one is blessed are the poor in spirit. And generally speaking, um, we look at people who would not be considered poor in spirit and think that they're blessed. You know, like Kanye West is the first one that comes to mind. Anybody know who Kanye West is? Couple? Yeah. He's really prideful. 
I'll just say that. Um, but he, like, he also has everything, it seems, that he needs. Um, but I think um, there's something about um, being in the presence of God. Um, so Enoch was walking with God. Um, so he was experiencing the presence of God to the extent that a human can on earth. Um, and I think God's mercy to him was, you get to be in my presence instead of having to be in this place that's terrible. Um, so any other thoughts on kind of that idea? Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. What verse is that? Okay, yeah. I'll just read it again. Uh, to So it says, listen, listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Uh, you said 51? One? 57 one. That makes sense. That one was talking about righteous people too. <laughs> um, so it says, the righteous perish and no one... No one perish and no one ponders it in his heart. Devout men are taken away and no one understands that the righteous are taken away to be spared from evil. Um, I think, yeah, a good point, but obviously not a, not something that we can blanket statement like everybody who lives long wasn't righteous, but yeah. Um, it's good to think, you know, that adds, I think, perspective. And Enoch too um, adds perspective to this is a huge question that we face in our culture is why would God this, you know, why would God let this person die at a young age? Um, and I think Enoch, and then we, we get the same thing in Job sort of. Um, and then in Isaiah talking about how God knows what he's doing, you know, people who are righteous and die young, you know, God knows what he's doing. Did you, At 365. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah. There is comfort in knowing that human beings were deeply loved by someone else. Mm. And, and if they're old enough and of age, uh, knew God and loved God. Right. That's about it. Yeah. And whether or not they're old enough in age, you know, the blessing that that person was loved by God on the earth for this many days or years or months. Yeah. Jeff? I love that because I was thinking about David said, your love is better than life. Mm -hmm. You know, and and, um, you have a bucket list of things you want to do before you die. We might say it in jest, we might say it seriously, and when something happens in your life, man, I could die now. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's so weird about this to me, though, is um, even though this is simple and, and quick, it's so complicated because this whole, it says, so that he would not see death. Mm. And, and that whole, so that he would not see, see death, really throws a wrench into the gears of simplicity. Yeah. This whole thing. Um, because we could take Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him as a euphemism for death. Yeah. So Right. And, and really compounds the problem. And, and on top of that, it says that was the reason, so that he wouldn't see death. Yeah. So I don't have an answer for that, but that's, that's the weirdness. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I think with, with these pictures, too, I'm going to use this again. With these pictures, too, um, another thing that, like, I think what, what my dad said and what you're kind of referring to, um, it adds a difference in that at the end of both of these is somebody with their arms open who's like ready to welcome you and like regardless of what the journey looks like, um, that's that's why you're walking across this thing is because somebody's ready to welcome you home. Um, and for Enoch's sake, you know, maybe he walked across so many Legos that God was like, I'm just going to pick you up the rest of the way. You know, you don't have to <laughs> you don't have to walk on these anymore. Um, so uh, I played with a lot of Legos when I was a kid. I don't know if you have picked up on that. Um, but I want to kind of switch gears. Yeah, that's not an actual picture of my room, but it very well could be. That's the internet. Um, so I'm going to kind of switch gears a little bit, and I think this is a line. Yep, it's a line. Um, so I kind of made a timeline. This is probably not a great way to actually study the Bible, but I thought it was interesting, and I think it's... Um, I think it has like I think it makes a good point about our faith and how these how these things tend to go sometimes, and I think it does a pretty decent job of explaining um, the arc of the fall of humanity. Um, so, bear with me in this if it's not very conventional. But starting off here, um, um, just I just wanted to look through the Bible and pick out some things that say with God, like what people did with God. So we have in the beginning, the word was with God. And um, that's kind of the starting point here. And then the next one that we have about that is Enoch and Noah who walked faithfully with God. That's the next one. Um, and they're the only two who walked faithfully with God according to the, um, the way the words are written. So then, is that the next one? I spaced these out weird. Um, so then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God. So they had to leave the, yeah, this, there's another one that's supposed to go for that. There we go. So Jacob, who struggled with God, still a pretty close relationship, right? Um, not as walking with God. It's more like 
we were walking together and then you said something mean, so I tackled you kind of thing. Um, so then Moses, who led the people out of the camp to a different place than where they were to meet with God. Um, and then we have David who pleaded with God, which um, can, can be also a close relationship, but can also be looked at as somebody standing in a courtroom separated by the wall behind which is the judge, you know? Um, I just think there's this growing, in the with gods, there's this growing um, growing separation that we have. Um, and I think, I think this can apply to a lot of different things. Um, like I said, this is not a study based on Hebrew, so it could be like totally fall flat on that. But I think the point is still valid, um, is that in the, in this, in the beginning, um, we have Jesus who is with God and was God. Um, and then from that, like, it's just a slow descent. Like we think of the garden as the time when the most separation happened. Um, but I think from the garden, the separation was widening and widening and widening, um, until Christ came. And so, um, we see this Enoch and Noah who walked faithfully with God and then this just descent, um, so with, with that kind of idea, um, what does this show, show us, or like, does this relate to your personal relationship with God? Do you feel like you can share that same trajectory at times? Um, or just in general, what does this show us about man's relationship with God over time, if anything? Yeah, Ariel? Yeah. Literally. Right. Yeah, and I think, like, one of these, like, um, the struggle with God, I think almost like you could you could turn it into a, a, a narrative. So, like, um, these people were expecting God to walk with them because they had figured out how you're supposed to live. Um, they weren't, you know, they had struggled with God, and they'd, they'd had their little wrestling match and then decided this is the way that we're going to go. Um, and every once in a while, they would come out of the camp to meet with God because he wasn't, with, he wasn't in the same place as them. Um, and then even, even later, they would go into the temple because that's where God was. But he wasn't, um, he wasn't in their house. You know, he wasn't because they had chosen to walk their path. Um, and God was walking the same, the same path that he had called people to um, the whole time. Chuck. Yeah. That uh, many times it seems in the lives of people that, um, you know, that 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it takes a conscious decision, choice, and action to make sure, I guess you might say, yeah. to make sure that, that that tendency to leave God, that that doesn't happen. Yeah. But rather than you choose to take time, I guess you might say, to walk with mm-hmm. God, that that's a, a conscious decision. It's not something that's going to come naturally. Yeah. And this, uh, this uh, indication up here, that kind of reminds me that walking with Absolutely. I believe that early on, we children can exemplify that much more, much yeah. more clearly. But then, as uh, as we become adults, then we become much more materialistic, mm-hmm. and that's exactly the opposite. And so, uh, there's got to be a conscious decision and a conscious choice. Yeah. And taking time aside specifically to walk with God. Yeah, I. Right. It's not like you have to, to go off uh, to the mountains or uh, be a hermit or whatever. Mm-hmm. But rather it does, but it still does take a conscious choice. Whether yeah. it's a daily choice, whether it's a, uh, a, a, an event that happens throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, um, when you were saying that, I was thinking of, of my own life. I, I think the, the older I get, um, the more I, I can tell that it's a conscious choice for me. Like when I was younger, I think it was just like, well, I'm doing a thing, you know, um, kind of. Not not that simple. But the older I get, the more it's a, a literal battle. If I choose to do things that displease God, it's after I've thought through, like, I know this displeases, like, I know this isn't the right thing to do. And then, I, you know, like it's so much more of a, str- like it's like the struggle is further apart and I can see more clearly um, the right and the wrong, you know, and it, it is like more of a conscious choice. The more, the more I live and the more that I experience God, the more it, it takes a lot of intention both ways. It takes intention, um, like it takes me totally ignoring God in order to say like, no, I'm going to live this life, you know, but, but I think it's, it's like we're more drawn to the, to the ignoring God side, but once you know God and have Walk, if you've been trying to walk with God long enough, it becomes, I think, the same thing, harder to ignore him. You know, like you feel, even though it still takes a conscious choice, um, when you do choose the other, it, it, I think it hurts more. <laughs> I think it um, is more difficult to, to be okay with that um, for myself. Kind of same thing. Yeah. Yeah. The challenges get more difficult, you know, but the but the deep is increases too. Mm-hmm. And the 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you have another comment? Yeah. Yeah, there's sometimes it's easy to look at, especially look at the prophets and be like, man, why can't Jeff get up there and say, Daniel, hear the word of the Lord. Make this choice. You know, and I'm like, okay, it's easy, you know? Um, but we are so much closer. Um, and all of like those last three comments, I'm going to wrap up here in a second, but Chuck, I'm really glad you brought up Romans because um, I think that that kind of is the culmination of this class and that's what my mind was going to. Not the, not the beginning, but any of the other parts, um, like the, this, we've kind of set up the first three chapters of Romans and now, um, sort of this ties it together and reminds us what God has done for us, I think. So, um, uh, just with this, I think this progression, I think a lot of times we, we fall into that loop and we can get to the point of feeling like, you know, like we're just pleading with someone that we can't even look face to face with, um, or even that we have to go somewhere to meet with this God. Um, but this this isn't the, the last with God. So in, in the book of Romans, which I don't think I brought that paper down here. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, chapter 5, I'm going to read this this whole passage, but it says another with God that is kind of different, but it says uh, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So I think that's the restoration of like the Word was with God and Jesus is the Word and through him, we now have peace with Christ. So um, I'm just going to read this um, passage out of Romans. If you want, you can follow along. Otherwise, just listen. It's on the screen if you have great vision, because I made it small. Um, but yeah, I'll just read this for you. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, but for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, I think that's just like, that's the thing of Enoch. Like, like Enoch lived in this really terrible time, and he probably had a rough life. Um, and God does the same thing for us. He sent his son to die for us, that even though um, we're surrounded by evil and kind of surrounded by our own evil, um, we have this hope um, that we stand in grace with God um, and that we have this relationship, we can now walk with God again um, because Jesus has established peace with him. So I'll just wrap up with that and we'll close in prayer. Father, I'm so thankful for, uh, for Jesus and just the, the peace that he brings to our lives. Um, God, not only just in peace in, in knowing that we have a future, but just knowing that we have peace with you. Um, God, that we can walk with you um, and that 
um, the road with you is, is good, even if it's uh, filled with difficulty or filled with, with struggle. Um, God, we know that it's good because you love us. Um, God, I just want to praise you for um, that incredible gift, um, just to know that um, we're, we're totally loved by you, um, even though you know everything about us, even though you know um, all of the evil that we have done and the evil that's in our hearts. Um, that gift of mercy is incredible. Um, I'm just thankful. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen.